morning, everyone, and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air. And truthfully, tonight, America, I am live, and I am going to be taking your calls at 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039 if you want to become part of the national conversation we're having here tonight on the radio america 631-451-1039 where to begin well i think i'm going to begin where the day began america the president of the united states donald j trump he uh, he called into his favorite his favorite TV show today, Mike. Uh, I don't know if you were up early watching The Fox and Friends with Brian Kilmeade, who's on uh, on the air, the same station I'm on here uh, live uh, mm-hmm. from, I think he goes on at 10 o'clock. Nine. Nine o'clock. Well, I don't know how he does that. He must pre-tape his first half hour. <laughs> uh, but Brian Kilmeade and, uh, you know, the others, uh, the other people on there, Ash, Aisley Ans- Earhart, who I knew very well uh, back in the day when she used to do overnights. And uh, uh, Steve Ducey, who I once beat so bad in a debate that he stopped debating me. He, he doesn't have me on Fox and Friends anymore. And in the, in the rare occasion I, I sniff Fox and Friends, I'm always with Brian. Brian's my bro, so uh, I get to hang with Brian once in a while. But uh, the president called in, and he was off the wall. Let's just say unhinged. Um, so unhinged that, like, after 30 minutes of conversation, I like uh, like the Fox and Friends cast, who are generally supportive of the president, I would say, right? We would say supportive. A little bit. I don't think we're out of line. I mean, I am... I see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a, you guys know me. Uh, I'm on Fox myself. I was on last night. I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good hit uh, called Conservative Snowflakes because uh, of the topic I was talking about. I said, oh, poor little snowflakes. I'll talk about that later, maybe. But uh, I go on Fox, and I, I think the Fox and Friends is his favorite show because they tend to be very supportive of the president. So supportive that after 30 minutes of this unhinged rant that any other reporter in the world would have just said, and go on, Mr. President, anything else you'd like to confess to or live on the air? They were like, okay, I think we better wrap this up. But the biggest thing in this debate that happened this morning to me was the president absolutely confessing that Michael Cohen handled the Stormy Daniels matter for him. I don't know, Mike, did you pull that clip? I know I... It was less, but yeah, I got it. You got it. My, he's fast, that Mike. He's getting better at this every every day, man. He's he's ready for prime time. All right, let's, let's play this clip. Silk Warriors, by the way. How about Diamond and Silk? They become... Amazing. You know, that started off like somebody was talking about them on the Internet. There were these two women, these two beautiful, wonderful women. And I said, well, let, let me check it out. It took me about two seconds to say stardom. The admiral has officially thrown in the towel. Any idea who you might nominate next? Wait a minute. I might have sent you the wrong clip. I think you sent me the wrong clip. I, I think I did. We'll get that clip later on. All right, I'll get right to the break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, that's basically, exactly what you sent me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. It's diamond and silk. I must I was have like, said. Yeah, that was a little I, rough. I thought those were the new girls that he's hanging out with. Yeah, Diamond and Silk. What are you talking about there? It's Melania's birthday. Look, happy birthday, First Lady Melania Trump. I have no qualms with you. Um, 48, I think, uh, looks pretty good. 48. Uh, You know, give her a heads up for that. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I think she represents the country well. I I have no 
qualms with Melania Trump. It was nice to see her smile last weekend when she was at the Bush funeral uh, and hanging out with Barack Obama, who is uh, a fun that guy. Late, that was late for you to bring that up. Right? I mean, she, I, I've never seen her smile hanging out with Donnie boy. Uh, and look, I'm not one of those conspiracy theorists to think they're, you know, uh, they're in some sort of trouble. She knew what she was getting into when she married that guy. That's all I have to say about that. It's horrible. I don't support it. But she knew what she was getting into. She's a grown woman. She could do what she wants. But the president went on this unhinged rant. He talked about a lot of things. Uh, he, you know, look, this is how big the news day is today, America. Let me just... Let me just run down the stories. And again, if you want to get in on this conversation, you can talk about anything you want. 631-451-1039. I want to know what's on your mind. I want to know, you know, uh, particularly if you disagree with me on things, please call me. 631-451-1039 if you want to become part of this national conversation. But here are the stories that happened today that would dominate the headlines on any other day with any other president. But of course, we have a president that wants us to have so many stories that uh, we can't even talk about. So let me just run down a couple of the things that would have been, you know, top of the news all day. One, the president's nominee for secretary uh, of the Veterans Administration withdrew today. Um, now, the guy withdrew because he was thoroughly unqualified and he was getting raked through the mud. Stories about him dispensing medication without prescriptions, which is I just didn't believe. Uh, drunk driving, things of that nature, poor management skills. Look, I don't think the guy should have been secretary of VA because he'd only run a doctor's office, a small doctor's. He was an admiral by rank, but uh, he basically ran the White House, uh, you know, medical practice that cared for the president, and his staff and people who traveled with the president. Not a bad gig, but not a gig that you go from managing maybe 60 people to managing 350,000 people and a a $300 billion bureaucracy, America, caring for 9 million veterans. Now, let me be very clear. The appointment or the nomination of Ronnie Jackson to head the VA shows that the President of the United States does not care about veterans. All through the presidential campaign in 2016, he said, I'm going to take such good care of our veterans I'm going to take such good care of them. Oh, they're going to be so much winning. They're going to have excellent health care. And I will say this. First year of his presidency, he had a guy in there named uh, Sorkin, Dr. Sorkin. I think that guy was doing a pretty good job running the VA. Now, look, he was a holdover from Obama, and he clashed with the president on privatization of VA. But he did start the uh, VA choice program he was piloting out in the, uh, in, in the Southwest where veterans could go to other places to get care. I think the guy was a good guy. The president made a huge mistake getting rid of him. And he put in a guy who had no experience running a hospital, no experience running a large organization, just somebody who said nice things about him on TV. That shows to me, America, where the president feels, what the president feels about veterans. So that would be a huge story. Any other day, Mike, any other day, that would be the only story we're talking about. We would talk about nothing else all day if that was the case. I'm having a problem with my earphones. Are like, I'm getting no, no feed. There we go. Now, now they're working. You good? You gotta, you gotta yeah, I, I, I played with, play with the wire. There. I should have <laughs> brought my own. I bought new ones, and I keep forgetting to bring them. Come on, man. That's what they're for. I know. I know. 
So that would have been a big story. Next story that would have been huge today would have been the only thing we're talking about. Bill Cosby got convicted of rape today. Convicted. Bill Cosby, America's dad, will probably spend the rest of his life in prison. Convicted of rape. Now, America, I don't know if you've turned on news today. Maybe Fox is running this as their top story. But it's not the top story on the news. Because we have a maniac in the White House. America's dad, a man who we all grew up watching on the Cosby show, who's, you know, Fat Albert, the whole thing. Dad is great. Give us the chocolate cake. I remember it. He was a fine comedian in his day. Going to jail for rape, multiple counts, is facing up to 30 years in prison, and the man's like 80. He's done. Over. It's done. Ah, it's like the third story. They're talking about it. It's like the third story. The other story that would have dominated the, the headlines today is Scott Pruitt, the um, director of the EPA, had two hearings on Capitol Hill where he was berated for about four hours by lawmakers for his various dalliances with the federal funds that he controls. I mean, this is a guy who, um, he put a bulletproof desk in his office because I guess, you know, somebody's trying to kill him on the uh, seventh floor of the EPA building. He, uh, he has an armor-plated um, SUV that he drives around town with, with the lights on, by the way, to get to the restaurant because I think he wants people to know he's there when he gets there. I don't think it's because he really thinks he's going to be late. He has them put the lights and sirens on so people know he's arrived when he shows up. He's a little bitch that needs to go. And I mean that in the sense of a, um, uh, you know, of a, a female dog, right? Uh, don't, don't find me, FCC, which Donald Trump controls right now. How about this? Why don't we call him a whiny little cur who needs to go? But yeah, there were, there were two, four hours of hearings for this guy today. And even Republicans said he has embarrassed the president of the United States. Another story that happened today that would have been news on any other day. The Senate Judiciary Committee voted 14 to 7 on a bill that would protect Mueller should Trump fire him. Now, 14 to 7 is a pretty big margin. That means you got all the Democrats and half the Republicans. So think about that for a minute, America. That's a big deal. Nobody's talking about it. So... Here we are, and by the way, including Chairman Grassley, who probably was motivated by Donald Trump's appearance on Fox and Friends, okay? The guy goes on Fox and Friends and basically admits, he admits that Michael Cohen represents him, but he also said something that was even wilder in that interview. He said that, he hasn't gotten involved with the Justice Department, but he might. He might if they don't start protecting him. If they keep letting, if they keep investigating uh, Trump in Russia and not Hillary in Russia, why didn't the FBI raid the DNC? You know, the DNC that was hacked by the Russians, probably colluding with Paul Manafort. 
That was pretty wild. And that is probably why the vote was 14 to 7. It probably was going to pass, right? I think that I think that there was one or two Republicans that were going to vote for it. But to get Grassley to vote for it and to move it out to the floor, now Mitch McConnell has a big decision to make. It wasn't just a one-vote thing. It was a major victory. What is Mitch McConnell going to do now? Not going to let it vote. Two weeks ago, he said he wouldn't let, 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 let that vote happen. I think he's going to have to. Lots of news. I think this is by design. I think that the president's strategy is to keep us distracted at all times. So much going on, so many things coming at you at once. But for him to go on that show today, talks about Ronnie Jackson, yells about the Justice Department, that is the part, you know, that, that scares me, America, and it should scare you too. The president of the United States thinks the Justice Department is his toy, He thinks that he could direct them on who to prosecute. He talked about prosecuting James Comey. He talked about prosecuting Hillary Clinton. Let's prosecute my political enemies, but stop prosecuting me. And if you don't stop prosecuting me, I might get involved. I guess what he's threatening is I might fire people, which is really all he knows how to do, right? Although he hasn't really done it to anybody's face. The Justice Department is not there to be the president's personal prosecution bureau. It is not there. The attorney general's job is not to protect the president of the United States, as I think this president thinks it is. This president's looking for a Roy Cohn type or a Michael Cohen type at the Justice Department. The president doesn't really want to have a Justice Department that, by tradition, has been independent. And even under the direction of Jeff Sessions, who I don't regard very highly at all, frankly, even under the direction of Jeff Sessions, at least when it comes to the Mueller investigation and other things, there's been a level of independence that remains. And I think that greatly disturbs the president of the United States. And he definitely exhibited that this morning on Fox and Friends. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. A little later on tonight, Ellis Hennigan will join me. We'll talk politics. Ellis hasn't been on about three weeks, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, We're going to talk a little politics a little bit later on. Don't forget to tweet me, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on your Twitter machines, America. You got to make me a better Twitter guy. I'm still low, man. I'm still in the low 3,500s. Got to move that up, America. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. And don't forget, you could watch me Saturday night, my regular spot on Janine Pirro's show, at Judge Janine Pirro at uh, 930, Justice with Judge Janine Pirro. That's where I'll be on Saturday night. I wonder what she's going to want to talk about this week, Mike. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Is Hillary on the attack again? Hillary's always on the attack. When is she I'm not? actually going to go see Hillary speak tomorrow. Where? She's speaking at the Regional Plan Association of Greater New York. I'm going to, I'm going to see it. I was invited. It's on the city. So I'm going to go. I'm going to drag my butt into the city um, to see that. And, and hopefully she doesn't say something too crazy <clears throat> that will get Piero pissed off. So I'll have to talk about that on Saturday night. At least when, you know you're going to have some ammunition. Right, you know well, right. We have, we have Ronnie Jackson, uh, you know, 
uh, Admiral Jackson not taking the job at the VA because he's just not qualified. And they probably won't say anything about that. A million things to, to kill him about. It's too boring. Right. We've got the president admitting that uh, he had some sort of deal with Michael Cohen with Stormy Daniels. I mean, it's huge. We got the president threatening to get involved with the Justice Department. Huge. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Kanye West loving the president. Yep. Right. Hundred percent. Right. I mean, because this is you know how, how big is this? Now that's huge. It's huge. <laughs> oh, yo, Kanye, and he didn't even really say. If you listen to Ye, you know, and I, I, there you I, go. I listen to Ye, right? There you go. He didn't really say that he loves the president. He says he loves everybody, right? Now, I mean, I guess he was saying, you know, he loves Trump too. Okay, he loves everybody. I love everybody, most mostly. Mostly. I don't, I don't love Donald Trump, but I don't hate him. Exactly. And I also don't want anything bad to happen to him. I don't want him to fail. I've never rooted against him. I don't like what he's doing. I think he's been a horrible president. I think this, this, uh, here's the thing, America, and you got to understand this. The, uh, the, his cabinet is filled with people who just don't deserve their jobs. You got a HUD secretary who doesn't know anything about running a housing system. You got an education secretary who doesn't believe in public education. Okay? You got an EPA administrator who his like the graft alone should disqualify him, but the fact that he doesn't even believe that the environment should be protected is just a joke. You got an energy secretary who doesn't know anything about energy. You got a secretary of the interior who pretends to be a geologist and he's not. He's got a bachelor in geology. Does that make him a geologist? No. Geologists have PhDs in geology. He doesn't have one of those, and he never worked as a geologist. He was a Navy SEAL. Thank you for your service, Secretary Zinke, but uh, you're not a geologist, and you really don't know anything about the interior. Why? Because you ride horses? The Department of Interior manages all sorts of things other than the Great Plains of the Midwest. The president thinks that the the interior just manages the interior states. I think he really thinks... Mike, the guy, the president, the guy who runs the country thinks that the Secretary of Interior's job is to manage the planes. The, the, the Great Plains, not planes flying in and out of the airport. The Great Plains. <laughs> he might be confused on that, too. I wouldn't put it past there him. There you go. But if you like veterans, and I do, I love veterans. And the president said he was going to take care of veterans. He nominated somebody to take care of veterans who couldn't possibly have run that system well. Didn't mean he wasn't a smart guy. He's a doctor. You got to be smart to be a doctor. He was an admiral. Been in the Navy a long time. You know, I, I, I had, I, I think some of the things that were said about him in the last couple of days were unfair. I think there were allegations made against this guy that were, they were not confirmed by anybody. And I honestly think that this might have been coming out of the White House itself. That's my conspiracy theory on this. Because I think that they started to realize he wouldn't get confirmed and he wasn't withdrawing. He wasn't going to get confirmed. Before all this stuff happened, he wasn't getting confirmed. Too many people on that Veterans Committee were suspicious of his nomination on both sides of the aisle. They felt he was unqualified. He was not getting confirmed. But the fact that the president would put somebody up who was so unqualified for that job makes me question his saying that he would be good to veterans or that he even cares about veterans. The only thing that qualified Ronnie Jackson for that job 
was that he said nice things about President Trump when he talked about his physical four months ago. Trump said he liked him on TV, he liked how loyal he was to Trump, and he gave him the nomination. America, this guy does not care about anything but Trump. And if you think he, he cares about you, you are a chump. All right, America, I am taking your calls on the other side of this break. 631-451-1039. I'm here all night, baby. Ellis Hennigan a little later. 631-451-1039. We're live. Get on the phones. It's the Chris Hodge Show. I'll be right back. Ignore everything else you heard today and listen up. The Chris Hahn Show is on the air. I'm back. I'm live. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, 631-451-1039. Trump time, baby. Trumpy Trump Trumper. Look, anybody who saw me on, um, where was I last night? I was on uh, the Ingram Angle last night with Laura Ingram. I do that show regularly. In fact, I did it last week right from the studio. Mike, my producer, didn't want to stay around an extra 10 minutes to watch me do the hit. I, oh, I was here for the whole thing. Basically. Well, I was supposed to be done. I was you got bumped, be done. bro. I got bumped to the, sec- to the B block. If I, I was in the A block, he would have stayed. 100%. I was here. I was supposed to support you. He's like, I got to go, man. I got a 20 minute ride it's back to East Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got to get out of here. 5 30. You know? Meanwhile, I'm sitting here boiling in the studio with, with, with the, the. There's nothing worth of those lights on you. you I, had, I had hot lights on me. And anybody who's listened to the Chris Hahn show knows we we have a 900 degree studio in here. It's like it's like a sauna, which, you know, I'm a fat guy. So, uh, you know, a little sauna is not so bad. It's a little burn a little extra calories while I'm uh, while I'm in the uh, in in the in the chair. So uh, anyway, so I um, I um, am, you know, I was on last night and I was talking about uh, a couple of things. I was talking about the election in Arizona. Maybe I'll talk about that later on. And uh, I was talking about how conservatives are little snowflakes, right? And by the way, my, my call log thing doesn't seem to be working if you type something into it. You might have to use the plan B. There we go. Yeah, we, right, got, right. we got lots of technical problems here tonight. It's Let's like, do this. You know, I'm one of America's prized guys, Mike. I, I'm, I'm the number one liberal in America. I think it's safe for me to say, <laughs> as far as liberal pundits go, I am the top guy. One of the top guys. I mean, look, I'm no Rachel Maddow. Um, Thank God. <laughs> I love Rachel Maddow. I am no Rachel Maddow, but I'm one of the top guys. So we, the phone system's not working. I don't know what's going on here. 631-451-1039 is the number. If you want to get on the conversation, give me a call. Let me go to Joe from Brookhaven. Joe. Joe, you're on the air. How you doing, brother? How are you, sir? How are you? Listen, that's this is not the Mike Francesa show. We use full he's real back. English. He's coming back. I don't know if you heard. He's coming back. Here. <laughs> I did <What>? hear. <laughs> we use real English here. All right. Well, listen. It's not to be proud of to be a number one liberal. That's a sad thing, my friend. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. That's so sad you're saying that. Rachel Maddow. Well, Rachel Maddow is number one. And maybe Chris Matthews is number two. And I, I, I think, though, as far as radio hosts go, I gotta be, yeah. I gotta be near the top. I mean, I, I've had a radio show for five years now. 
Definitely you're top a good, seven. You're a good I'm in the top seven and a half radio host liberal in America. I'm losing. Listen, Chris, I'm losing a lot of respect for you. <laughs> Why you're going to see Hillary Clinton? Did you say that? That's what I caught while I was in the car. I, I'm going to go. Kidding I, me. I'm going to go see Hillary Clinton. I want to hear what she's got to Why? say. Well, I mean, look, I figure I'll get a jump on my appearance on Piro, so at least I'll know everything that was said, not just the clip she pulls out of context. She's a loser. <laughs> What what could she possibly say that you would want to go spe- give up your time to go? I don't know. Well, there's other things going on at this event, so I'm going to go there. I think John uh, Hickenlooper will be there, who is uh, I, I think should be the next president of the United States. You know, I I thought you were playing me with that guy that time, and then I looked him up. I said he's not kidding. He, I said I couldn't even pronounce the name. By the way, what did you think of him, Joe from Brookhaven? He's a pretty cool guy. Well, I, I heard a little bit about him, and he seems like a decent guy. He's got a good shot there. Uh, you know, he'll never he'll never get the nomination, but he'll never beat Trump, but that's all another Oh, story. he'll beat Trump. But, he'll beat Trump. Joe, what's on your Chris, mind tonight, Joe? We're, we're like chit-chatting I, I, here. I heard, I caught you. I said, oh my God, I was riding up doing something in the car, and I said, let me call in, because you know what? It, what's on my mind is I'm losing respect for you. You, you're a grown man, and you have a picture of Barack Obama behind you on the shelf, the worst president that we ever had. In Barack this Obama, and Joe, thanks for your call. Barack Obama was the bre- best president of Joe from Brookhaven's lifetime. Not just my lifetime. I think Joe from Brookhaven is a little bit older than me. He is the best president of the United States in his lifetime. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get part of the national conversation. 631-451-1039 uh, is my number. But let me go back to this whole Michael Cohen, Donald Trump. We got the clip now. Uh, my crack team pulled the clip during the break. Why don't we play it, Mike? Let's see, let's hear, what we, let's hear what they had to say here. Uh, okay, let's talk about back. Michael Cohen. Yesterday, uh, through his attorney, he's going to be taking the fifth. What, what's your reaction to that, being that you work with him for a couple of decades I do. as your attorney? He's a good person. He's what's at stake for you, Mr. Guy. President? Hey, look, you, Brian, you know Michael. Michael's been on your show, I'm sure, a lot. You know, Michael we know. is a good person. Let me just tell you that uh, Michael is uh, in business. He's really a businessman, a fairly big business, as I understand it. I don't know his business. But this doesn't have to do with me. Michael is a businessman. He's got a business. He also practices law. I would say probably the big thing is his business. And they're looking at something having to do with his business. I have nothing to do with his business. I can tell you, he's a good guy. But isn't, your, isn't his business your attorney, uh, Mr. President? Well, I have many, many, just so you understand, I have many attorneys. I have attorneys. Uh, you sadly, I have so many attorneys you wouldn't even believe. It. How, ma- how much Michael of your, somebody- Mr. President? How much of your legal work was handled by Michael Cohn? Well, as a percentage of my overall legal work, a tiny, tiny little fraction. But Michael would represent me and represent me on some things. He represents me, like with this uh, crazy Stormy Daniels deal. He represented. Well, there he is. He represents. Uh, something wrong with that clip. I think it kept going, right? Ah, I had nothing working tonight. Other things. There we go. Businesses. And from what I understand, they're looking at his businesses. And I hope he's in great shape. But he's got businesses, and his lawyers probably told him to do that. But I'm not involved, and I'm not involved. And I've been told I'm not involved. Mr. President, we want to get to Kanye West. He tweeted that he loves you, that you're his brother. So, yeah, you know, it's funny how they like stuff. We'll talk about Kanye later. Uh, But... Uh, and we talked about it a little bit. So let's just break this down a little bit. 
first of all, Michael Cohen's pleading the fifth. Now, I don't know if you recall during the campaign, President, and, 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 and I'm an attorney. I have no problem with somebody taking the Fifth Amendment. It's your right. It's in the Constitution. It's there for a reason. But I remember this president during the campaign talking about other people pleading the Fifth and what that meant. And what did he say it meant? It meant they were guilty. It meant if you took the Fifth, you're guilty. Guilty of what, Mr. President? What is Michael Cohen guilty of, Mr. President? What did he do for you? Which, by the way, I don't know what that sounded like to you, but it sounded like to me like the president of the United States threw Michael Cohen under the bus. Mike, you're no lawyer, right? Not yet, no. Not yet. You're, you're in the process. You're taking the LSATs, right? Yeah. The, now, now, did that sound like, uh, did you feel like Michael Cohen was treated well in that conversation? <laughs> No, not really. He's got other businesses. He's got nothing to do with me. Uh, yeah, he's just it's classic, you know. Classic Donald Trump. Everybody else is guilty, but I'm totally innocent. No, I, uh, nothing to see here. He's a good guy, though, the whole time. He's, I'm sure he is a good guy, but... But, uh, you know, look, even a dog knows the difference between being kicked and being tripped over. And I think the president of the United States just kicked that wild cur Right. He didn't get away. He's trying to distance himself as much as he can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think uh, Michael Cohen's attorney called him right after that, that, uh, that uh, appearance on Fox and Friends by the president of the United States. By the way, it's where I first, not where I first met the president, but it's where I last saw the president before he was president in the green room of Fox and Friends about four years ago. It's the last time I saw him before he was president. Um. I'm pretty sure Michael Cohen's attorney picked up the phone, called his client and said, all right, you ready to roll on this guy yet? Did you just hear this? And then he probably played him back the clip of how he was just kicked and thrown under the bus. Uh, and, uh, you know, Michael Cohen loved the president. If you walked into Michael Cohen's office in New York City, you would see lots of pictures of Michael Cohen with the president. Michael Cohen's kid with the president, Michael Cohen's wife with the president. He loved Donald Trump. Do you think Donald Trump had any, had any pictures of Michael Cohen hanging in his office? Uh, Donald Trump didn't bring Michael Cohen with him to Washington, left him here in New York because he was his fixer, probably knew that if he was hanging out in the White House, people would want to know a little bit more about him. Probably figured the Stormy Daniels thing would probably matter a little bit more if he had an office in the West Wing. This is a real problem for the president. I don't think I don't think a lot of people on the right grasp, maybe they do grasp, but they're not sharing with their audiences the magnitude of what is going on here. The president's personal attorney, his personal attorney is now pleading the fifth in a civil case, because he's absolutely facing criminal charges. And he is so likely to talk to this special counsel and give up whatever he needs to give up to save his skin. Because it's pretty clear, it should be very clear to Michael Cohen right now that his love for the president is an unrequited love, right? It's not coming back. The president ain't showing Michael Cohen the love. The president's... Look, 
Two weeks ago, the president of Air Force One said, call Michael Cohen. He's my lawyer. He'll handle it. Then the president said, Michael Cohen, yeah, not so much my lawyer. I knew nothing about the Stormy Daniels thing. Then today, he said, Michael Cohen handled the Stormy Daniels thing. I will tell you this, Mr. President, you got yourself a one-way ticket to a deposition in the Stormy Daniels matter right now. A one-way ticket. You probably weren't going to get deposed until this morning. You are absolutely getting deposed in that matter. And if memory serves me well, and it tends to, we had a president named Bill Clinton who was deposed in a civil matter and wound up impeached because he lied there. And I'm not saying Bill Clinton was an honest man. He absolutely did lie under oath. I don't think he should have been impeached for it, but he did lie under oath. But man... He is half the liar Donald Trump is. Donald Trump lies every other minute. He probably lied 50 times in that 30-minute interview on Fox and Friends. I'm sure somebody will do a calculation of that. I don't have the staff here to do that tonight. I don't want to put Mike on that. That's a, that's, that's a compliment. you got other things to do, right? <laughs> I'm still. Uh, He's watching the draft. The yeah. Giants didn't take the Giants didn't take a QB. They took the running back. He's a, a little, little annoyed. Little I'm upset too, but I do love Eli Manning. But I don't know. It's getting late. It's getting exactly. late for Eli. When, when, hopefully, we're never in this position again. But it's uh, still often. Congrats he, to the Jets taking uh, Sam Darnold. Wouldn't you say though that that running back was the best guy on the board? A hundred percent. Yes. Right. Yes. I know. It's always pick the best. If pick what you need. If not, pick, right. pick, the, pick the best player on the, on the board. And I guess they are, maybe they're, they're uh, making a trade. Yeah, you don't know. The night is young, Mike. It's so young. you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, that's all right, though. I'm very emotional. It's OK. But there's a lot of lying going on in Trump land. He is and a liar. Liar. And it pains me to say that the president of the United States is a liar. But what do you do? You believe him ever? Do you take him at his word? 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. In about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I got Ellis Hennigan joining me live. Uh, we'll talk about the day's events and the multiple stories out there right now. Uh, 631-451-1039. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. If you don't want to hear your voice on the radio, you'd rather social media me. I mean, I know the kids today don't like to talk on the phone. 631-451-1039. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn is my Twitter handle. I am live on a Thursday night. And don't forget, I'm on Justice with Judge Janine on Saturday night. This Saturday night, 9.30, my regular spot. I think I'll be on with Dan Bongino. Uh, I've been on with Dan Bongino just about every time I've been on TV lately, Uh, except for last Thursday when I was on with Ari Fleischer. By the way, Ari Fleischer had nothing in that interview. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know if you watched it, Mike. You didn't. I know you were in your car. You left. Yeah. But um, if you saw the clip, I mean, I looked like I was like uh, exhausted, drained. They made me take my baseball Back cap the, off. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and not him. The the the, the studio uh, the did in my ear. Yeah. Like I gotta take the baseball cap off. Um. I mean, I was completely drained. I was completely out of it, and I killed Ari Fleischer. I thought Ari Fleischer was gonna be a better debater. He look. 
there's a reason why Dana Perino's got a TV show and Ari Fleischer, who did the job, you know, twice as long as Dana, uh-huh. barely gets on TV. Because uh, she's good on TV and he's not. It's not that he's not a good guy and smart guy. He's a smart some, guy. Yeah, so, some people just have when the lights come on. Some people don't. It's hard. It's, it's, not, a, big, it's not a big. It's not a, it's not a problem. Do you think what know? I do is easy? Trust me, I know it's not. It's not easy, especially on days like today when there's 75 different stories. You don't know which one you want to talk about. I mean, I don't know what I really want to talk about tonight. I don't know what's going to turn you on, America. I mean, really, what I want to do is turn you on, get you to call in, get you all fired up. I want you to listen. I want you to learn. I want you to question everything and everyone, including me. I mean, Joe from Selden does it. I don't agree with Joe from Selden, but, uh, you know, he does question things. He likes to mix it up. But the president of the United States is in trouble with a capital T. That rhymes with C. That stands for Cohen. Little music man right there. Anybody? I like that. I like that. (laughs) Right? He is in trouble, America. Big time. Or as he likes to say, bigly. He is in trouble bigly. People don't just raid attorneys' offices willy-nilly, and they surely don't raid the offices of the president's attorney willy-nilly. They don't do that at all. A raid on the president's office is handled with care. And I got to tell you, this guy Cohen was probably solid as a rock until today. And now he's thinking, okay, do I want to go to jail for this guy? Do I want to go to jail for, you know, 10 years, miss my kids, miss my wife, miss the kids growing up, school plays, everything else? I don't think he does. I don't think he will. I I think that this guy has a life, pretty good life from what I gather. And I don't think that he's feeling the love from the president. I think that the president of the United States probably made it easy for him today. Made it easy for him to, to flip. That's what I think. What do you think? 631-451-1039. I got John. I don't know where he's from. John from I don't know where. You're on the air. How you doing there? I'm doing Is this Joe from Selden? This is John from Medford. Ah, it's Joe. John. It's Joe yeah, from you know, Selden. A lot of other news on, you know, they handed down a lot of indictments recommended for Hillary Clinton, uh, Clapper, uh, James Rosen, uh, Mc, uh, McBride. All those guys are they're in trouble. This guy just wants to talk James about Hillary Clinton. He's the biggest liar in the world. You're ridiculous. You I'm going you know to put I him. Believe you're on the I, air. I'm putting him on hold. He's calling me ridiculous. Doesn't know why I'm on the air, um, and wants to talk about Hillary Clinton again. This guy calls in all the time. That's not Joe from Selden. It's John from Medford. They just sound the same, right? Yeah. It is odd to me. I wonder if he's still talking. I put him on hold. Let's see if he's still talking. Let's put him back on here. How you doing? You back? You still there? You talking? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you're ridiculous. Here's why I'm, here's why I'm on the air, John. I'm going I'm to tell you why I'm on the yeah. air. I'm going to tell you why I'm on the air, John. I'm on the air because you listen to me day and night. You can't get enough of me. You're my biggest fan. You love the show. You do. You're entertained. It, 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 you're, you know, you're, you're questioning your own reality. That's why I'm on the air, man. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I got to turn you off after a while. You know, you're so ridiculous. Well, you've been listening for at least an hour. Got- Thanks for your call, 631-451-1039. He is a big fan. He calls all the time. He, he absolutely calls all the time. I think he kind of likes hearing his own voice. He does. Does he call the other shows? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. So, yeah, these guys, they, they want to live in the Hillary bubble. You know, there's this conservative media bubble where, you know, Hillary is relevant. Look, guys, if, if Hillary Clinton gets convicted of something, I'll talk about it. If she gets indicted on something, I'll talk about it. But that, enough's enough. Oh, what were they going to indict her for? For emails? I, I mean, this is what they had on her. Emails. She erased some emails. Okay. They were in her possession. Possession's nine-tenths of the law. Whatever. I think Comey would have indicted her if he could have. Comey basically handled, handed this election to Trump. That's why when I'm on television and people ask me about Comey, I don't praise him. I'm not going to fall in line because the president fired him and say, oh, he's a martyr. He is not my martyr, okay? Jim Comey is not my martyr. I don't think Jim Comey should go to jail, but I think Jim Comey's judgment is severely, severely bad. He's got bad judgment. It's dubious at best. So, whatever. All right. I got my man, Ellis Hennigan, joining me on the other side of the break. Uh, and I'll get back to your calls. Now the phones light up, right, when I got to go to a hard break. I got Ellis Hennigan joining me on the other side of this break. And I got a lot more show tonight. So, America, keep it where it's at. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. I'll be right back. The Chris Hahn Show. I'm back and I am live and joining me now, great guest, one of the best. He is uh, a regular here on the Chris Hahn Show. His name is Ellis Hennigan. Ellis, what's on your mind tonight, my brother? I want Donald Trump to go on Fox and Friends every day, uh, every I mean, single day. It's so revealing. It was epic. It was epic. It was revealing. Epic, 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 epic. You know, epic. it was like it was like he put on a rally, not for ten thousand Alabamans, but for three people on a curvy couch. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's just it's to me, uh, it's to me. I don't even know how to start with this, Ellis. I really don't. I mean, I mean, the whole Cohen thing is crazy, right? But more importantly, his attack. On Jeff Sessions in the Justice Department this morning, I think is that that's what led. And I said this earlier. And I don't. Know, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, the uh, the Judiciary Committee of the United States Senate voted fourteen to seven to uh, release a bill to the full Senate uh, favorably um, that would protect the special counsel. And I think that was because of his appearance on. You know, I think it was going to pass anyway, but it passed overwhelmingly because of his appearance on the Kirby Couch. Yeah, including with Republican support, including in the face of an explicit uh, promise or threat, depending on how you look at it, from Mitch McConnell, the Senate leader, that such a bill will never be allowed to be voted on the floor of the Senate. Right, right, right. It is a um, it is a crazy, crazy world we're living in when, you know, Bill Cosby probably going to prison for the rest of his life is not the lead story on the news tonight. <laughs> that is true. 
<laughs> it has definitely uh, thrown news judgment uh, into an uproar. But again, but again, I have to tell you, I really do. I'm, I'm slightly joking, but I really do believe that these kinds of uh, interview appearances, live television appearances, as I would say about the tweets, while while people denounce them, people say, oh, he needs to be quiet, he needs to stop tweeting, he needs to quit going on Fox and Friends. No, no. If he's going to be the president, we need to know exactly what he's thinking at right. all times. At all times, and we, we sure do, I think. And it might change in 10 minutes, but I want, you know, I want to graph and start the changes. I, I am I am of the mind that uh, that this president is I, I don't know how to say this I, I don't want to say he's over his head out of his depth uh, but I think he's just completely overwhelmed not so much by the job but by the scrutiny of him right I think what bothers him most in this job Alice and you tell me what you think is the constant scrutiny of him. Yes, and though and by extension those he supports around him. Look at the look at the VA uh, nomination process and the and the meltdown that occurred there. Yeah. Right, his response was not that well my guy had some problems or he was inexperienced that he was a really good doctor, maybe he wouldn't be such a good uh, person running an agency with the hundreds of thousands of employees. It was that the that it was just the system is just so unfair right. not to take this because but there's nothing unusual at all unfair. This is this is the job of uh, those in the other the second branch of government to take a look at these people and to assess them and conclude whether they're appropriate, advise and consent. It goes back to the very beginning of our nation. There's nothing remotely out of the ordinary about it. And yet, and yet it genuinely did seem to him like an affront. Right. And by the way, I think most of the allegations about uh, Admiral Jackson, and by the way, I thought a lot of them were unfair. Um, you know, I don't know. How do you know? I, I mean, how do you, how do you put it out there without proving it? You're, you're destroying this guy's reputation. Now, look, he should never have been appointed the uh, secretary of the VA. He was clearly not qualified for it. But I think that inside the White House, they knew the guy wasn't getting confirmed on his qualifications. And he was not removing himself from the process, even though he had kind of been encouraged to do that, including by the president on Monday. Right, right. Yeah, that was, those, were, those were unusual comments, but it's, it's up right. to you, but I would understand if you leave. Right. If, if someone comes over to visit me in my house and they're sitting on the couch and say, it's up to you whether you want to stay, but I will completely understand if you want to get up right now right. and leave. That's not a real hospitable gesture. Right, right. I think a lot of these allegations were coming out of the White House. I think the White House was I think the White House was feeding these stories and the White House wanted them out and he didn't want to leave and he kept and you know, that's who they are. You know, See, I, I, you, that's interesting. I really hadn't thought about that. That that could be true. But but I, what I would say really about that was that that's what the betting process is for, is to sort that stuff out. And you know, let, let, let's investigate it. They, they didn't seem to me to be completely wild allegations. You know, maybe they're true. Maybe there's some explanation. Maybe right. they're half true and half not true. But, but I mean, if you can't withstand the basic process of scrutiny, you can't run a major, what is it, the second largest the, the department? The second largest the bureaucracy government? in the federal government. And look, I mean, he's a doctor. If he wants to hand out Ambien on a cross-country flight, he can do that. He's allowed to do that. 
Uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be the worst thing in the world that he did. Um, you know, uh, allegations of him being drunk on the job, whatever that was. I mean, you know, these are things you, you kind of want some kind of proof before you, you know, yeah. put out those uh, kind I, of I allegations. I agree. I agree with that. But I mean, you know, even that, like a guy, uh, you know, a, a, a major cabinet uh, nominee withdrawing would be the top story in the news any other night. Yeah. Um, you know, Scott Pruitt and his uh, ever you know, never ending scandal after scandal plagued life appearing before congressional committees and him being rebuked by Democrats and Republicans alike today. That probably would have been a lead story, but we got a crazy president threatening his political opponents on television. Sui generis. You know, I mean, this is Fox and friends. You know, I said this earlier and, and I don't think anybody at Fox would uh, disagree with me. They're pretty pro Trump over there. And for him to go that bonkers on that channel, I mean, Brian uh, Kilmeade asking the questions, tell me about Mike Cohen. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's fair point. I would point out, though, but before we drift away from those others, uh, let, me, let me link them together in, a, in, in one way that I think is worth noting. In each of those stories, and by which I mean um, the uh, congressional reaction to uh, Admiral Jackson to uh, Pruitt, the EPA uh, boss Pruitt, uh, in his testimony, and the vote of, uh, on protecting Mueller, the special counsel, and his uh, effort to continue his job. All three of those were had some aspect of a crack in the, the big red wall of support that has so far been largely intact. You know, each yeah. one of those things was done with significant levels of Republican support. And yeah. we may really, we may really, Chris, be seeing something there. I, three in my business usually makes a trend. Yeah. Well, look, the primaries are starting, right? They will soon be over. I think you have to end your primaries by July 1st for federal elections, right? So, you know, sometime in July, that wall might start, that, you know, that dam might have a lot of holes in it. But, I'm not, but but there have not been that many examples of that so far. I mean, you and I have remarked about it in the past. That's a, you know, we're, we're Republicans running for office say, listen, this is the base. They're still largely and strongly supportive of this president. Right. Whatever reservation, individual personal re- reservations a, a Republican office holder might have, unlikely to express them in a way that's going to agitate the base. You know, the Republicans have spoken up most clearly against it this president and those who are not seeking. Right. And there's a reason for that. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're, they don't have to worry about the base. Right. So, and they won't have yeah. to worry as much about the base in July either, because they will have their nomination or they will have lost their nomination. That's that's it. So at this point you want to move back to the center, right? I mean, yeah. You know, old Nixon theory. You got to get, world. you got to get reelected now and you're in a tough reelection year with big head headwinds. You got to prove your independence. What better way to prove your independence than a congressional committee and subpoenaing a few people to come before yeah. it. Keep, I mean, just keep your, keep your eye on that and see if there are not other examples. Maybe it's just a, you know, an anomalous day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it doesn't go, but, but I have to say all three of those at once struck me. I think the Admiral Jackson thing is deeper, too, and I think it's going to be a a campaign issue. This is a president who said he was going to be good to veterans, and he nominated a guy who he knew was unqualified. He didn't care about the veterans. He cared that he was nominating a guy who just was nice to him. 
That's really mm-hmm. it. I mean, the guy went on TV and he didn't, li- you know, he lied about the president's weight because why should anybody know the president's weight, right? What is this doctor supposed to say he's obese on national television? You know, so, okay, so he lied about the president's weight. This guy has only been uh, the White House doctor for Bush and Obama, two guys who, whether you liked them or not, were physically fit. You know, I mean, Bush ran marathons and Obama was thin as a rail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's tough comparison. I don't know that Americans care that much. I mean, they don't want the guy to collapse in front of them. But I, you know, I don't think that's. Right. You think there's great, great concern about. No, I don't don't think I don't think anybody. Look, he should have lied about the president's weight. It's no, none of my business what the president weighs. I don't need to know the president's obese. That's nonsense, Nothing. right? But the president then shouldn't say, oh, this guy lied for me. I'm going to make him secretary of the VA. I mean, that's... It calls, atta- it does, it calls attention to an unfortunate... Right, that, right. right. It, it's, 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 just, it's just nonsense. And I think it, it's a crack in his support. Veterans tend to support this president. Veterans got to understand that this is a president that would put somebody in charge of their health care who was thoroughly unqualified to do it. And I think that that is going to hurt this president in the long run. By the way, I'm talking to Ellis Hennigan. Uh, You can find him at Hennigan uh, on Twitter and Hennigan.com. He is the author of many books. He writes many columns. He is on many TV shows, and he is a regular on The Chris Hahn Show, one of my favorite guests. Uh, That's one of my top top resume items right there. Hey, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You better better talk to whoever writes your resume. I just just need to keep working. It's a tough economy out there. I got to keep working. Like, just like you. We're hustling. I'm always hustling, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that, you know, let's, let's, I want to transition a little bit. This Arizona race, right? Uh, You know, the the Democrat didn't win, but it was a, it was a 16 point swing. And Mm -hmm. the thing about that 16 point swing, which is special, is that the average age of the voter in that district was 60. And that should, you know, if I'm a Republican and I'm looking at a district with those demographics, pretty white, very Republican, uh, hasn't gone for a Democrat in, you know, 100 years. Uh, the, the, Trump won it by 21 points. Romney won it by 25 points. The Republican congressman, you know, won it, you know, running away. Democrats struggle to get to 35 percent in that district generally. This woman gets 48 percent, mm-hmm. 16 point swing uh, against the president. With voters averaging an age of sixty, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't notice that age. That's a, that is a telling figure because we think that uh, you know white older folks are the Republican base at this point, and uh, yes, that's it's a very telling number. I think it tells me that he lost women, not just black women, not just women of color. He lost women in general, yeah. white women. Yeah. You know, because so, so so here's so here's what we got to figure out there. It's undeniably true that we see a pattern of big swings toward the Dems in these uh, special elections all over the place, red states, blue states, you know, clearly. But but there are a lot of differences between a a high-profile special election and what happens when there are 435 uh, uh, members seeking re-election to Congress plus all the other races, right? So, so, So there's been a ton of money in these races. There's been national media attention, which tends to nationalize the races. And, and, and don't forget, Dems do have an awful, awful inclination to screw this up when things are going there. Yeah. Yeah, they do. 
I mean, you can't deny it, right? Because, because you're right. In some of these cases, uh, Democrats have won surprising races, and in others, they have had much, like as in Arizona, much closer margins than they have, although not quite enough to win. I mean, those right. are all very, very promising signs. But I just, I don't know. I'm not yet ready to say there's going to be a. I, I am know, ready. The big blue wave. I, yeah, I, I am ready. Let me tell you why. Okay. And I said this on TV last night, and I think, you know, they jumped, Laura Ingram and Dan Bongino jumped all over me. They weren't understanding what I was saying. This election is not going to be about the Democratic policy proposals. I'm sure they'll have many. It will not be about Republican policy proposals. I'm sure they will have many. It will be about Donald Trump, just like my show has been about Donald Trump and everybody else's show has been about Donald Trump. This is just be, just as why we are not talking about Bill Cosby going to prison for the rest of his life tonight. We're talking about Donald Trump. The election is going to be about Donald Trump. Voters, I think voters want checks and balances, and especially with this guy, because even if you like him, you probably yeah. don't trust him. Yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting argument, and, and I, I, there's certainly something to say. That. Now, now let's, let's address the sort of the alternate arguments. There. You constantly hear people say, Democrats and Republicans, internal critics and external critics, who say, listen, it's one thing to hate Donald Trump, but at some point or another, the Democrats have got to have some kind of positive reason right. to vote for them. They've got to right. have some kind of plan. They've got to speak to the anxieties of uh, working people. They've got to, you know, all these uh, the issues that really affect people's lives. You know, not Russia. Right, know, right, not, right. How much do we really hate Donald? Not impeachment. It can't be impeachment. That's the one thing they can't run on. They can't run on impeachment. But they might run on. You're going to get those. Anyone who's going to be swayed by that, you're going to get already. Right. You already got the impeachment voters. You 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 got to have a policies. You got to have other things like that. And 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 yeah, that'll bring out your base. And that'll bring out you know whatever. It's the swing voter that comes to the polls in this election. It's going to be about Donald Trump. Elections are one on the margins, right? But but, but let's let, let. Let's think about some parallels here, Chris. So, so in the Clinton midterms, right? Right. Was it? Did Republicans do well by having a, a, a positive Republican agenda, or they just kicking the tar out of Bill Clinton? They had a positive Republican gen- agenda in '95 or '94, and they had a, uh, a, a, a you know just a negative Bill Clinton impeachment agenda in. Uh, in oh, what was it, 90, 98, and they lost right. in ninety. Yeah, that's that's just, that's just right to me because the first time was was Newt Rise contract on America the first right. time, and then the, the right. second time was impeach Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, now let's look at the but let's look at the Obama midterms. I have to say those felt more to me to be anti Obama. Yeah, stuff, they were they? just anti. I can't think of one thing the Tea Party stood for other than anti Obama. Keep your government hands off my Medicare was their slogan. They didn't even know what they were talking about, right? <laughs> so, you know, they didn't like Obamacare. They were anti-Obama. Repeal Obamacare. Impeach Obama. That was their thing. So your argument, your argument is that hating Trump's enough. I don't even think you got to hate Trump. I don't think that I think the Democrats should put out a positive message. I think they should have something like a contract on America. I don't think it matters is what I'm saying. 
You know, my feeling is it doesn't really matter. The candidates have to be decent. The candidates can't, you know, shoot themselves in the foot. The candidates have to show that they're serious people. And everything else is one on the margins. And the margins are going to be all about Trump. People who have anxiety about Trump one way or the other. They don't trust him. They don't like him. They, you know, whatever he said that day that bothered them, that's going to make this election. That's why Republicans are leaving. They have, you know, there's no certainty in what their message could be right now because this guy changes like the wind. One, one other, here's one other sort of log I would put on your fire. While I think it is correct that Democrats do not have a clearly stated positive agenda that you and I can boil down into a couple of phrases, certainly Republicans don't. I mean, are they the party of free trade? Right. Are they the party of, uh, of uh, foreign intervention? Are they the party of deficit hawks? Or, I, I knows, right? I think that I think the Democrats got to say, look, we're adults. We will be adults. We will watch this kid and make sure he doesn't destroy your house. <laughs> you right? may not love us, but you may yeah. not love us. You may not like us, but we're adults. We're going to put a check on this guy. The constitutional thing called Article One, <laughs> the powers yeah. of Congress. We're going to utilize that to make sure this guy doesn't destroy the country. Bill Maher said, um, uh, you know, the Democrats uh, they should run on legalizing weed. Maybe they should. I mean, maybe that's an issue that would, you know, get people motivated. And he, he compared it to guns. He's like, weed is just like guns. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not just something people believe in. It's a lifestyle. You know, they spend a lot of money on it. They buy things they don't need that are associated with it. They read magazines about it. I don't know. I'm not into guns or weed, but it made a lot of sense when he was <laughs> saying it. And it might motivate some people who ordinarily wouldn't come out to vote to vote. And by the way, Republicans yeah. are coming around to weed anyway. I mean, uh, uh, John Boehner now, Boehner. Was, you know, Look at Boehner. it is what it is. So maybe yeah. he's right. Yeah. Maybe they, they need to do that. But I still think it doesn't matter. It's Trump, Trump, Trump. You got, like I well, said, he, you got to be solid. You can't, you got to have a message. But at the end of the day, the decision, the deciding point is going to be that guy. Yeah. And you, you're saying that that message really just, it's a kind of a threshold. You just need to be right. serious and seem legit. And uh, you got to show like you're an adult. Vague, generally trustworthy. Right. Yeah. Right. Nominate trustworthy yeah. people who've got some something going on. You know, I keep saying on this show to my Republican friends, it's not about you. To my Democratic friends who might get elected, it's really not about you. It's about him. So yeah. I got 30 seconds of it. Time goes too quick with you, man. Where are you going to be? What do you want people to know? It's always fun. I, listen, I'm just writing, I'm turning up, uh, you know, arguing with people, discussing things. You and I actually go back and forth, and we don't even say anything insulting to each other. Well, that's the way it is, man. That's the way it is. <laughs> it's called comedy. <laughs> Something that needs no, to be anyway, practiced. It's always, uh, no, it, 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 it's always fun. I know you get great calls, too. Alice, you are the best. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me all, all these times. And I'm going to be taking your calls, other side of the break, 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. I'll be right back. Driving conservatives crazy since the day he was born. The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. 651-1039 is the number. Phones are open. I am live. 631-451-1039. 
1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Pick up the phone tonight and call me. And don't forget to catch me Saturday night, 930, my regular spot on Justice with Judge Janine Pirro. I'll be there telling the truth and uh, making them sweat on the other side of the aisle. That's what I do. I like to um, I like to tell the truth. You know, I like to go out there and tell the truth. Like, you know, stories about Hillary are not relevant to the national conversation right now, which is something that sometimes Janine misses. Uh, but I, I do tell her that on the air. So she has been warned and she keeps asking me back. To, uh, so uh, good on her for that. Uh, but that's where I'll be Saturday night at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Follow me there at Christopher Hahn. H-A-H-N is how you spell Hahn. Uh, I am on your Twitter machine if you would like to uh, check that out, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. And 631-451-1039 is the number, 631-451-1039. Okay. I think I got to play the big clip, Mike, and I want to stop and go. So just watch me here because uh, there's a lot to unpack in this clip. So this is the president this morning on Fox and Friends. It's a very, very special day because it's Melania's birthday. So I said, let's do it on Melania's birthday. So happy birthday to Melania. Isn't his business your attorney, uh, Mr. President? I have many, many, just so you understand, I have many attorneys. I have talking about Cohen. uh, Sadly, I have so many attorneys you wouldn't even believe it. All right, stop it right right there for a second. So, yes, happy birthday uh, to the First Lady. We love you. Uh, don't let our hatred of your, pre- of your husband uh, interfere with our love for you. And I don't hate your husband either, by the way. I don't. I've I, I got to make that clear. I don't hate anybody. Um, I just don't like him very much. He's not very fun. He's got many attorneys because he's being investigated by a lot of people. Keep playing. How much of your legal work was handled by Michael Cohn? Well, as a percentage of my overall legal work, a tiny, tiny little fraction. He is viewing, I believe, Iran a lot differently than he did before he walked into the Oval Office. And I think that's important. He understands where I'm coming from with respect to Iran. Iran is a real problem for this country. So stop it right there for a second. Now, here he's talking. This is a, a, a montage of everything this guy said. He was on for 30 minutes. Okay, that's a long time for the president to be on a television show unannounced live okay 30 minutes unannounced live think about that i mean president could call in here i i only do 21 minute blocks i guess i could go over a little bit if the president called in i go over but he's talking about emmanuel macron the president of france by the way another story we're not covering tonight the president of france came to america for a uh, a state dinner and uh, talks with the president on the Iran deal, which the president needs to certify next month or pull out of it. And he's saying that, no, he convinced Macron, not the other way around. Now, we'll see what happens in May. Uh, my money is on us staying in the Iran deal, by the way, because there's no alternative to it right now. Now, Macron and I'm sure Angela Merkel, who is coming to here tomorrow or today, We'll try to sell the president on building an even bigger deal around the deal we already have. Not withdrawing, but building a bigger deal, building upon the deal. And maybe that's a way for the president to save some face. He could build a bigger deal, you know, kick the can down the road six months. Six months from now, say, we've got a bigger deal. So, okay, keep playing. President, 
made a horrible deal. When I say the president, I'm talking about past administration, made a horrible deal. Diamond and silk are warriors, <laughs> by the way. How about diamond and silk? They become amazing. You know, that started off like somebody was talking about them on the Internet. There were these two women, these two beautiful, wonderful women. And I said, well, let, let me check it out. It took me about two seconds to say stardom. The admiral has officially thrown in the towel. Any idea who you might nominate next? I do, actually, but I better not give it. Maybe we'll do it on my next call. I Hold on I right we'll there. So his staff was like, yeah, you better not say who you're going to nominate because we haven't vetted this person yet, right? This is the problem with the president. Vetting. He needs to vet his nominees. He's on Fox and Friends, and I, I, let me tell you something. He wanted to say who he was going to pick. Uh, Dr. Oz. I'm going to nominate Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil to be the, the head of the VA. They're going to do the best job. Look at how good he is on TV. I mean, he manages that whole TV crew. He could manage a $300 billion bureaucracy. He's a doctor. And by the way, I don't know what he was talking about with Diamond and Silk. Do you? <laughs> no. Like I said earlier, the only thing I think of is... Uh, Stormy, you know, this, this, he's Michael girls, Cohen for girls, uh, Diamond you know, and Silk. Diamond and Silk. I, I have no idea who that was. I don't know what he was talking about. Uh, all right, keep playing. Stormy is a leaker and he's a liar. And not only on this stuff. Uh, he's been leaking for years. This is a big mistake, this stop, book. Stop he that right, stop that right there. So let me be very clear. When Jim Comey was director of the FBI, he could determine what he gives to the public and what he doesn't give to the public. He had authority to classify and authority to declassify. And the president knows that. And the president, you know, ignores it, calls for the guy to be prosecuted because he's got these authoritarian tendencies that should scare every single one of us. But because there's so much else going on, that gets lost in the mix. You know, it gets lost in the mix. And by the way, you can still call in while I'm doing this. 631-451-1039. Keep playing. Justice Department that was doing their job instead of spending... It's your Justice Department. Mr. President, Mr. President, you're the Republican you're right. in charge. You're right. You're You've right. got a Republican but, but running it. what? I, I answer this all the time. Because of the fact that they have this witch hunt going on with people in the Justice Department that shouldn't be there. They have a witch hunt against the President of the United States going on. I've taken the position, and I don't have to take this position, and maybe I'll change, that I will not be involved with the Justice Department. I will wait till this is over. Uh, so it could be that- Stop right there. Let's unpack that for a second. First of all, witch hunt. I don't think the indictment of Paul Manafort and Robert Gates was a witch hunt. These were two guys, and by the way, they've been indicted. And one of them is now a cooperating witness. They've been indicted for conspiracy against the United States. They were working with Russian oligarchs on a variety of things. And they were at high levels of the president's campaign. And in the case of Gates... Gates was in a high level on the transition. He was with the president till January of 2017. And he has been indicted on a variety of charges. That's not a witch hunt. 
These are things that were bad, bad for the president, bad for the country. Whether the president knew about it or not, I don't know. But the fact that he's so concerned and calling this a witch hunt makes me think he's guilty every time he says it. Because we know Gates, we know Gates and Manafort and Flynn and Papadopoulos, who's pleaded guilty. We know, by the way, Michael Flynn pled guilty to America. Michael Flynn, the president's national security advisor. Michael Flynn, the man who led chance of lock her up at the, uh, at the Republican National Convention. Michael Flynn pled guilty. Is he a witch? There's been multiple indictments, America. This investigation is not simply about the president. It is about Russian interference in our democratic process. Not a witch hunt. Not a witch hunt. Then he goes on to talk about the Justice Department and gets called out. Gets called out by Steve Ducey. Called out on the air by Steve Ducey. Now, America, I don't know if you know this, but Steve Ducey loves Donald Trump. Steve Ducey is Donald Trump's biggest fan. And Steve Ducey says, hey, uh, Mr. President, it's your Justice Department. And uh, Donald's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's my Justice Department. My Justice Department. 631-451-1039. I will go to the phones. I'll go to James and Calverton. James, you're back on the air. How you doing? Um, all right. Um, I don't understand. You've been talking about this, this collusion with the election. It's been going on for, what, almost two years now. Um, how could it take the FBI that long to come to con- any kind of conclusion when they came to a conclusion that 65,000 emails by Hillary Clinton 10 days before the election, that there was nothing wrong with them? They went through all Well, they were duplicate emails, and they, and they actually had the emails, James. In this case, yeah, you, no, but I'm just James, saying it, James it, this is a— But you keep talking about this. Nothing's ever- James, this is a case of foreign interference in an election. And when there's foreign interference in an election, it is more than just looking through an email server. You've got a lot to do. You know, like the, the Contra affair. Remember the Contra? I do. And, and nothing ever happened. Did anybody get prosecuted? Did anybody go to jail? Nothing. Well, nothing there were a happened. couple pardons issued in the Contra affair. And there were a couple people yeah, but- who were convicted, including Oliver North, by the way. Uh, in the yeah, Contra affair. He didn't go to jail. He no, just, he did he not just, go to jail, but I do think that people might go to jail. And that, look, I, look, James, I don't know if the president knew any of this, but you think that Paul Manafort is innocent? I don't know if any of them are innocent. I just know that if they're not going to get prosecuted and they're not going to go to Paul jail... Paul Manafort's been indicted. Paul Manafort's case is working its way through the courts. He has been indicted. He is under house arrest. He is wearing an I know, ankle but bracelet. It's been taking two years. To it's first of all, James. I mean, it hasn't taken no two years. They couldn't find the uniform. It hasn't taken two years. I have to put this guy on hold, and I bet you he's still talking. It hasn't taken two years. It has been only one year since the special prosecutor has been appointed. There have been five indictments and three guilty pleas. That's not including the Russians, James. Yeah, it's been going on for two years. No, 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 James, 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 James. July will be one year. So it hasn't been going on for two years. In July, it'll be one year. You're not telling the truth. You're lying on the air. Uh, I'm not lying. The special counsel was... Nobody quotes yourself. The special counsel was appointed in... I got to shut... I got to hang this guy up. The special counsel was appointed in July. 
Okay, the FBI started looking into Russian interference in the election in 2016. They know that Russia interfered in the election. The Trump part of this started in July of 2017, or maybe June 2017. It's not two years, James. I don't know what calendar you're looking at. Uh, you know, probably some like, you know, messed up half-wit calendar. Uh, but no. He was called, he was, he was appointed in June of 2017. Been a year. Not even a year. So, yeah, and these things take time. This is not like looking at an email server and seeing what emails you have and determining that you'd already read those emails. No, this is finding people in foreign countries who have interfered with the election. It's a process. It is an absolute process. Oh, just stop it. Oh, stop investigating the president. Stop investigating the president. I'm not taking John again. <laughs> I'm not taking him again. All he wants to talk about is Hillary's emails. John, John should go get a job at like McAfee, right? And he should be protecting emails, making sure nobody ever erases an email again. That's what John should do. All right, keep playing this clip. I walk out quickly with respect, but it could be. It could be that maybe the meeting doesn't even take place. Who knows? But I can tell you right now, they want to meet. Uh, they wanted to go to the Olympics. Look, it was very, very nasty. Uh, you know, with Little Rocket Man and with the buttons and, you know, my buck, the button's bigger than... Everybody said, this guy's going to get us into nuclear war. Let me tell you, the nuclear war would have happened if you had weak people. We had weak people. This should have been settled long before I came into office. Stop right there. I think that might be the end of it, actually. Um, let me talk about Korea for a few minutes. You might be surprised to hear me say this. I support the president's decision to meet with King Jomil. I support it 100%. I am not opposed to that. But the president can't do this in the same way he appointed Ronnie Jackson secretary of the VA. It can't be half-cocked and unresearched. It needs to be planned. And the president of the United States can't just give a meeting to a guy like Kim Jong-il, unless we know we're walking out of that meeting with a real deal. A real deal to end their nuclear program and bring them back into the community of nations. For their people to start having basic civil rights and basic food. Human rights. The president can't just go there and say, you know, we're going to turn my, I'm going to turn my blind eye to all your atrocities at home, uh, your, your prison camps, the fact that your people are basically slaves, that, the, that your people are disconnected from the rest of the world. He, he can't just go there and, and, and do that. It has to be planned. He sent uh, Director Pompeo there. That's fine. I mean, look, I, I, look, I don't like Mike Pompeo. The president gets his cabinet. Right? The president gets his cabinet. The president's got to make sure that real diplomats, including, you know, Pompeo's going to be Secretary of State, but including him, work this out before he goes. 
It can't just be a meeting where the president, the president shouldn't be going to a meeting where he walks out of it because he's not getting what he wants. His team needs to make sure that the president who represents this nation gets what he wants when he gets there. That's what has to happen here. We can't just have the president show up not knowing how this meeting's going to go. There could be some uncertainty in this meeting. I'm not saying it's got to be completely scripted. But the president can't just use his gut on the world stage. This is a man who does have nuclear weapons. He's not in the process of developing nuclear weapons as Iran was. He has nuclear weapons. What happens to those nuclear weapons is a question we have to answer before we go there. Are you willing to give those nuclear weapons up in exchange for the lifting of sanctions, in exchange for allowing you back in the community of nations, in exchange for ending your isolationism? Are you willing to do that? Is the president working with China, who really is their sponsor state, Is the president working with China to choreograph this meeting? My concern is that he's not doing any of those things. I support the decision to meet with him. I I want to be very clear on that. But it can't just go off half-cocked. It can't be like everything else this president does, where he just makes a decision to do something, goes and does it. This is dangerous. He's a dangerous guy. He has nuclear weapons that could hit our ally Japan, that could hit our troops in the South, that could do serious damage. Are you making the preparations or is this Ronnie Jackson or, you know, Ben Carson, any of the other unvetted unqualified cabinet secretaries you put there. This is the thing. It's a trend with this man. He shoots from the hip. He shoots from the gut. I'm not for that. I'm not for the gut shot here. I am for sound diplomacy, planned and choreographed as best as it can. Kim Jong-il is not as unpredictable as you think he is. This is a pattern. They build up their arsenal, they rattle their saber, then they ask for a summit. This president gave him a summit with him. Well, you better get a lot for it. That's a big, big prize for Kim Jong-il. And I'm not against you doing it. I'm not against it. So there you go. Said something nice, I think. Just don't screw it up, Mr. President. All right. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank Ellis Hennigan for joining me. Don't forget to watch me Saturday night on Justice with Judge Neen and tweet me at Christopher Hahn. And remember to seek the truth. Question everything. Question everyone. Even me. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there. I know you'll find it. And I will be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. We should
run through the forests We should swim in the streams We should laugh, we should cry We should love, we should dream We should stare at the stars And not just the screens You should hear what I'm saying And know what it means to sing Sing at the top of your voice The Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This episode was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom!